the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Twitter is a wonderful thing. Okay, so sometimes it's not so wonderful. Uh, I'm on Twitter, by the way, at SteigerWorld, if you're interested in following me. And I make the mistake of tweeting a lot, just because I like a good debate, I guess, and I'm something wrong with me, but that's a different story. And I, and I get lots of good ideas, by the way, on Twitter for uh, radio shows and columns, but there are some strange people out there and it is kind of nice to be able to see just what kind of insanity is being disseminated. Because the people who are on Twitter and the people that I follow, and um, and you don't have to be following somebody to be made aware of what they're doing on Twitter, obviously. It could be someone you follow retweeting something from someone you don't follow. And uh, many times they're retweeting something from someone they don't agree with just because they can't believe that somebody is actually dumb enough or insane enough to say that. But that's, that's I guess, what makes Twitter interesting if you're interested in Twitter. Um, but there are some strange people out there, and it is kind of nice to be able to see just what kind of insanity is out there, as I said, and, uh, and being disseminated by people who have thousands of followers, uh, some of them hundreds of thousands, some of them millions of followers, and they just spew this stuff out there. And uh, many of them are also... The reason that they have as many followers as that that they do have is because they have the, uh, the ability to get followers by having columns that reach a lot of people or being on television and you know being on radio or whatever you you get followers. I think you know how Twitter works, and uh, you might not because not everybody uh, pays attention to Twitter. But uh, so here's what I here's what I came across today: somebody named Emily Linden put this out there for her she has 21,000 followers that's not a lot it's it's not nothing but it's it's not a ton but this is what she put out put out there sorry if some innocent men's reputations have to take a hit in the process of undoing the patriarchy patriarchy that is a price i am absolutely willing to pay now i've never heard of emily uh, of course, she's never heard of me either, but I've never heard of Emily. And, and, but her profile, this is what it says, says she's an award-winning documentary filmmaker. I, I guess I could Google it, and I didn't have time or the interest in Googling it, but uh, she must be out there somewhere on Google if she's made a documentary film and won an award. Of course, Michael Moore also is a um, documentary award-winning documentary filmmaker, and he's, he, he's well, he's Michael Moore. Anyway, she's an author, too, and a columnist, and she says the accuser of, uh, of, of Brett Kavanaugh is a national hero in another tweet. Now, 21,000 followers don't give all that much power to somebody, but the point is people like her were almost put in charge, and there are lots of people out there like her, not just tweeting to their 21,000 followers, but writing columns and producing documentary films that people are falling all over themselves to see. And that's this is how she this this isn't even what she just what she tweeted there is ridiculously radical and stupid, but it's it, it should be. But and many people don't consider that all that radical. And a lot of people agree with her. Lots and lots of people. And she and millions of other people on the left still think that. And, and this is the thing that she was almost put in charge. And you know who do you think she voted for in twenty sixteen? She and millions of other people on the left still think that Hillary Clinton was owed the presidency somehow, and they still can't believe that Donald Trump is the president. They hate him, and they'll do anything they can to resist everything he does, and that includes suspending all belief when it comes to somebody making accusations against whoever he nominates for the Supreme Court. Um, but this is who's out there, and when I see this stuff, I mean, a lot of the times I just laugh because I think it's ridiculous, and, and I'm, I feel pretty confident that it's not going to go anywhere. But my second reaction, at least, if it's not my first reaction all the time, is these people were almost in charge. There are people surrounding Hillary Clinton and who were surrounding her in the uh, during the campaign and for the last 
30 or 40 years, they think like this. And and they it's a, the same people who um, we talk about all the the insanity that's on college campuses, and I say it all the time that these people are coming up with these ideas with the safe spaces and the uh, just you know what you know what goes on on the college campuses. I don't have to go into it, but the, what bothers me about it is that these are people that came really really close to being in charge, and they think they're going to be in charge again. So it's it's kind of scary, and so. Does anybody really think that if Kavanaugh doesn't make it through this process, that they're not going to do the same to whoever replaces him? It'd be interesting to see how creative the feminists would be if it's a woman uh, who's next, whether it's because Kavanaugh doesn't make it or because uh, President Trump has to come up with somebody else and it happens to be a woman. They'll trash a woman, and if it's a conservative woman, it won't matter. She'll get the same treatment that Kavanaugh's getting, and I'm hoping that um, Trump gets a chance to uh, uh, put another one out there after Kavanaugh, and I hope it is a woman just to see what it'll be like. But coming up, we're going to talk to a woman who wrote a piece uh, today it's talking about how a very, very bad precedent is being set by what's happening with Brett Kavanaugh. We'll do that when we come back. Financial has done it again. These guys are just fantastic. Many of you know or have worked with our friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial. You also know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation. Typical savings of up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley has got you covered. Giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, or even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. Call Marley Financial now at 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. The one thing I loved about working with him, we got to pray with our patients. And I could do that without feeling like I was going to get in trouble. At the Medicine Shops in Oakmont and Penn Hills, nurse practitioner Joyce Gibb continues the legacy of pharmacist, mentor, and friend Joe DiMatteo. And many people, you cannot cure them or make them truly get well if they have something down deep that they haven't ever addressed. Stress affects your whole body. Like when I get stressed, I have between my shoulder blades, my muscles get tight. Some people, it's GI. Some people, it can be a rash. Some people, their immune system. Is down. So we address that too. But you have to address the root causing that stress for them to truly heal. One of the things I'm very humbled by is that many of the people that Joe and I saw together, they're still coming to see me. And I just really appreciate that. And I'm going to try to have the same empathy and love and caring that he had. I just love it. It's my dream job. It's what I've always wanted to do. Every day is different because not everybody's the same. Call for a consultation today. 888-865-9595. These have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah, That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. On September 17, 1787, the delegates to the Constitutional Convention signed that document, our great Constitution in Philadelphia. Thus, each September, we celebrate Constitution Day. And though the framers never imagined the cell phone, they did ensure your right to free speech and self-determination, which is exactly what Patriot Mobile is all about. Patriot Mobile celebrates the founding fathers and your values, and it is the only cell phone carrier that supports conservative causes like the Susan B. Anthony Fund, the NRA, Heritage Foundation, while also providing you the same nationwide 
reliable service with unlimited talk and text for less money, no hidden fees. So in honor of that day in 1787, Patriot Mobile is offering all data plans for $17.87 for your first month of service. Plus, they'll send you a pocket constitution absolutely free. Make the switch today. Go to PatriotMobile.com forward slash you or call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Get unlimited talk, text, and data for your first month, $17.87, plus a free pocket constitution. Go to PatriotMobile.com forward slash you or 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Let's celebrate the Constitution Day and support our rights one call at a time. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, as you know, the uh, news on the Brett Kavanaugh fiasco is subject to change. Something may have happened during the commercial break uh, that changes everything. I don't know. But the last we heard, he was willing to testify on Monday and answer questions about the sexual assault he's been accused of. And the accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, says she's not answering any questions until, until the FBI investigates her story. Kay Himowitz has a piece about this in the City Journal, and the headline is One Word Unforgiven. She joins us now. Kay, thanks for being here today. I'll make sure I got your uh, pronunci- pronunciation of your last name correct. Well, it's actually Heimowitz. I knew I was going to get it wrong. I was, I, yeah. There's one oh, or the no, other, no, and I went with the... Very cl- you, you came very <laughs> close. I do, I do have uh, some news that, to fill in. Okay, uh, go ahead. Which is that Christine Blasey Ford has now agreed to testify at some point next week. Okay, I thought that might have happened in the last Monday. few minutes. Is that I was worried that that was well, going to happen. Well, it might have been five minutes, but yeah. who's, <laughs> yeah. who can tell? Yeah. Uh, so she is going to testify on Monday? No, she said she would testify next week, oh. but didn't want to do Monday. So there's still negotiating going on. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd tell her Monday or take a hike, but that's just me. Mm. Uh, so so the, the uh, headline of your piece is Unforgiven. Uh, what, did you, what did you mean by that? And, and sometimes I know the headline uh, writer may not have been you, but um, do you agree with the one word on this one? And what does it mean? That, that, well, I, I do for part of the piece, yes. Um, what I was interested in exploring in this uh, in this little article I wrote for the City Journal website was whether we are keeping in mind that uh, Brett Kavanaugh was a minor when when and if he committed this crime, uh, and that traditionally we treat minors more leniently than we do uh, older people. And it's not because, as so many uh, feminists that I read seem to imply, because we believe boys will be boys and this is all normal. Not at all. The point is that when uh, that adolescents are relatively unformed, they have a lot of growing up and straightening out to do, uh, and they are more prone to risky behavior in their teens and in their early 20s than they are when they are older. So, you know, this is a uh, sort of a benchmark of uh, Western thinking about uh, about crime, that the person has to be knowing and responsible. Um, you could argue, and I imagine some people would, that at 17, uh, that is old enough, uh, perhaps, uh, although we are uh, uh, often very alarmed by 17-year-olds being sent, uh, put in adult prisons, for instance, right. uh, and, and sentenced to with, uh, in, in regular criminal as opposed to juvenile court. So there's a little inconsistency here yeah. about the way we're thinking about it. Now, that doesn't address the question of whether this actually happened. Uh, but it does uh, make a difference as we're thinking about the how this should be disposed of in, uh, in the near future. Yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure that the drinking age in every state now is 21, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So, yeah, that's now, probably evidently, a reason for that. at the at, at, in 1982, Maryland had an 18. Uh, yeah, 18 that's right. Year. They did. Yeah. yeah. So he was not. Uh, uh, so. No, but uh, I'm just but saying that, that so, there's a reason that it's, yeah, there's a reason that yeah. that that teenagers aren't. Uh, th- it's not considered a good idea for people under 21 to drink these days. That that's right, uh, and um, some people think even now it probably should be raised. Yeah. Uh, and I think that w- given what's happening on the college campuses and what, uh, uh, even if it didn't actually happen the way. 
uh, Christy Ford said said it did. Uh, there was a evidently a tremendous amount of br- drinking uh, in both uh, uh, Georgetown Prep uh, and Holton Arms, the school that she was uh, attending, um, as there is today uh, in a lot of a lot of high schools. Uh, and when you when kids get rip roaring drunk. Uh, bad things are going to happen. It's not an excuse. It's just an observation. Uh, and it's one reason we don't, like you say, we don't want kids uh, getting drunk because they're at risk anyway. Mm-hmm. And so uh, talk a little bit more about let's, the, the, the precedent that's going to be set here. I mean, it's, 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 you would think it seems pretty obvious that it's a bad precedent just based on what we know to this point. Right. So uh, at what age do we stop uh, looking at somebody's record? You know, do we, uh, for instance, I was just reading an article um, detailing how Cory Booker had admitted a uh, a kind Mm -hmm. of unpleasant misbehavior when he was 15. Well, do we really want to look at a 15-year-old and say that what they did at 15? You know what, Kay, I I read that story about Booker, and I'm sure we're going to hear more about that. And, And for people who don't know, he... He wrote a paper when he was in college about uh, an incident with a girl where he um, it wouldn't call I don't know if it would be it would reach the level of sexual assault, but kind of the what I was going to say, Kay, being a guy and having been fifteen or sixteen at one point, it sounded to me like something that happens with just about every fifteen and sixteen year old guy, uh, boy and girl when they're messing around a little bit, and it was no big deal. But it, the whole point of it is that that will be turned into some kind of a big deal because because he's now who he is. He's a senator, right. and they, they judge him as though he was a senator when he did it when he was 15. It's just beyond right. stupid. Right. Well, we'll see if that catches fire. The way, I, I doubt it will catch fire the way this one did. But then the question is, well, at what point do we judge the adolescent at, uh, in the same terms right. we do the adult? For everything we know about uh, Kavanaugh, um, and believe me, there's been plenty of uh, opportunity to prove otherwise, uh, he, this is not a pattern of behavior. Uh, we have not seen any, anything in the vetting, extensive vetting, by the FBI of uh, this kind of thing in in uh, his adult life, we just have no reason to think that this is the kind of person that he became. So uh, that's also some very something very important to consider when we're looking at adolescent crime. And why would anyone, based on what the accuser has said, believe that there's any way to get to the truth on this, whether they were 17 yeah, I- or 27? What's uh, it just? With or without well, the that's FBI. The other pre- uh, that's the other precedent I, I worry about here, because there, uh, as you point out, there simply is no way to investigate this. Let's be clear. Uh, yeah, you can talk to a couple people who were there uh, at the at this uh, this party, except which party? We don't know what the date is. Right. We don't know where it was. They could be talking about a different party. Um We'll never know, and I, I just don't, you know, if this will never rise to the level of a criminal case. They, it can't. They investigated O.J. Simpson uh, pretty thoroughly, and um, I'm pretty sure he's still, well, he, he was in jail for a while, but not for that, but he, he's out running around right now. And uh, so, in, you know, what what is the FBI going to do if, if, if tomorrow they say, OK, we agree, we're going to go, we're going to get into this. Where do they start? Just asking people so that the people who um, are liberals and who don't like Donald Trump, who live in the neighborhood where this was supposed to have happened, will all say, oh, well, I think I might have heard something about that. And everybody knows how everybody's going to testify and they're going to come back with the same thing we have right now, except that they will have told the FBI that instead of CNN or Fox News. It, it, right. it, it's it's right. insane. Now, you know, there are many cases like this um, that we hear about in other industries, uh, in the film industry and uh, yeah. uh, every, practically everyone you can name. But when somebody, you know, when you mix politics into this, mm-hmm. boy, does it get really complicated and difficult to know what exactly people's motives are. Uh, and how um, objectively we can possibly judge these things. So uh, the precedents that we're setting here, if we go ahead uh, and uh, not uh, not only uh, assume that, that uh, Ms. Ford is telling, telling the truth exactly as it happened. By the way, I tend to believe her that something happened. I don't know exactly 
how it went down, and I don't think we ever will. Uh, but I also believe that the Democrats um, held that information back uh, until the last possible minute. And if they, uh, so that, and if they, yeah. um, if it was something that really, and and they tell us this all the time that it just needs to be uh, uh, vetted and it needs to be said and they need to be heard. Why didn't she need to be heard here heard for two months that they they sat on the letter? Wouldn't wouldn't you want to? put a stop to this guy if, if you really believe what she said is true um wouldn't you want to put a stop to this guy becoming a supreme court justice as quickly as you could why, why would exactly. you wait it's it just no. yeah no no that part doesn't make sense either and that just adds to the sense that we are treading in territory we don't we can't foresee what we're setting up here um just as the anita hill hearing started something that uh perhaps needed to you know, we needed at some point to recognize what was going on mm-hmm. with uh, with sexual harassment. I don't have any problem with that, but turning it into a public and political circus is a different is a different order of, of magnitude in terms of its cultural implications. Um, and I I dread those hearings if they're on television. I remember the Anita Hill hearings. Oh yeah, it was. It was awful for the country. I had youngest children at the time, and um, uh, as I did when when Clinton, when um, President Clinton, yeah, oh yeah, during the Lewinsky affair, yeah. and that was a very difficult time for parents, uh, as this will be too. And it's not really at a certain point; it's terrible for the country, uh, even if somebody uh, is occasionally getting away with something. We're talking to Kay Heimowitz, who has a, um, a piece up at the City Journal. Is it cityjournal.com? Is that where they could find it, Kay? City-journal.org. I'm oh, sorry. I was close again. City.journal.org. <laughs> <laughs> I just have City Journal written here. Um, so, uh, well, you know, it, you point out that there's some irony in the fact that you were talking about, you know, the, the, the maybe the age should be, how much the age should be considered, uh, the age at the time of this was supposed to have happened. But you also, in your piece, you, you mentioned that there's some irony in the fact that liberals want to dismiss the fact that they were minors when this was alleged to have happened. Yeah, uh, a lot of irony in there, because it's liberals who have really been opposed to the law and order movement that tried to bring a lot of um, juveniles who had committed much worse crimes than this, in most cases, uh, into the adult courts. Now, I have my issues with that. Uh, for precisely the reasons that I was describing before. But nevertheless, the real point here is that the, uh, if you believe that, that, uh, uh, juveniles deserve a certain kind of leniency and thoughtfulness about, uh, punishment, especially when you can see how they turn out in this case, then, um, then you believe it whether the person, the, uh, the, uh, alleged criminal is uh, guilty, is, is white or black, if he's Democrat or Republican or, or whatever he is. A child or an adolescent is an adolescent, and um, we treat them differently for very good reason. Well, I only have about a minute left, but I, I read a tweet on the air before you, we hooked up with you, and somebody named Emily Linden, who claims to be an award-winning uh, documentary filmmaker, tweeted, Sorry, if some innocent men's reputations have to take a hit in the process of undoing the patriarchy, that is a price I am absolutely willing to pay. It's nice that she's willing to pay that price. Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, th- <laughs> right. that's out- easy for her to say. <laughs> that's out there, Kay. And that she's yeah, not alone I've, in that. Absolutely, I've seen that kind of statement before, and it's it's an outrage. And um, if if people like that don't think it's going to come back and bite women, then they're being very foolish. Well, women can be accused of all sorts of things, and will be, mm-hmm. in the current environment. Hey, Kay, I'm out of time and up against a hard break. Kay Heimowitz, I really appreciate you being here. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. Okay, that's Kay Heimowitz. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. Uh, city-journal.org. You can find her piece. We're going to come back and talk about the end of civilization. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. An employee at a Rite Aid warehouse in Aberdeen, Maryland, near Baltimore, opened fire at work Thursday, killing three people before taking her own life. Several other people were wounded. 
Harford County Sheriff Jeffrey Goller says the deceased suspect worked at the drugstore distribution center. The suspect was a temporary employee uh, employed here at the distribution center. She had reported for her workday as usual, and around 9 a.m. the shooting began, striking victims both outside the business and inside the facility. We do not at this time have a motive for this senseless crime. Authorities identify the shooter as 26-year-old Sonocha Mosley of Baltimore County. Area hospitals report receiving five patients from the incident. Two are in stable condition, while three are in serious condition. On Wall Street, the Dow by 251 points to a record 26,657. This is SRN News. Pat Boone here again for Relief Factor, the company that's helping thousands of people, just like my wife Shirley and me, deal with all kinds of occasional aches and pains. For years, Shirley struggled with her neck and her shoulder pain kept her from sleeping through the night. A lot of people, just like Shirley, struggle with aches and pains due to aging or exercise. Why don't you order the three-week quick start? It's now only $19.95, and let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. Embrace your personal style with deals on top flooring trends at Lumber Liquidator's Fall Flooring Sale. Get a rich and classic look with new gilded reserve chestnut and more Bellawood engineered hardwood floors all on sale. 10 to 15% off. Or get new Icelandic oak laminate. It's 23% off. Save up to 34% on waterproof floors. Get more from 39 cents plus special financing and professional installation nationwide. Don't miss it. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you today. Jay Sekulow sees the president trying to negotiate peace. Well, let's explain to you what the Palestinian Liberation Organization is. Their political arm is called Fatah. So that is the PLO, but the PLO is a terrorist organization itself. The move is to shut it down because they're refusing to negotiate for a peace plan. So the United States is saying, why are we hosting them? This is the next step move into compel the Palestinians, if they want to negotiate peace, to negotiate peace. Jay Sekulow Live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, on AM 1250. The Answer. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's a beautiful country out there. Discover it all in a new RV from Camping World, America's number one RV dealer. At your local Camping World, you'll find over 350 new RVs in stock, an ever-changing selection from America's top brands, including favorites like Coleman and Mallard of every class and size, all at wholesale prices. Say hello to a whole new world. Visit CampingWorldOfPittsburgh.com. The Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber invites you to a Taste of Cranberry. Monday, September 24th, over 20 of your favorite local eateries and chains converge on the Doubletree by Hilton and Cranberry. With unlimited samples from 5 to 8 p.m., enjoy great food, entertainment, kids zone, and prizes. Tickets are available now at pghnorthchamber.com. Don't miss a Taste of Cranberry, Monday, September 24th, at the Doubletree by Hilton and Cranberry. Visit pghnorthchamber.com. The average person considers a state plan just for the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on estate planning for the everyday person. There's a lot that goes into it. People take more time picking out what car they're going to buy, where they're going to go to dinner, as opposed to what happens to my children. The state will dictate who gets what if you don't indicate who is to receive your stuff upon your passing. We want to make sure we plan appropriately so that they get the best of both worlds. They continue to receive the benefit and they get the inheritance. The other thing you have to think about is... Tax planning. We tried to be proactive in the approach that we minimize any type of tax consequence when somebody dies, depending on the value of the estate. These taxes range anywhere from 45 to 40%. So we try to make sure that the beneficiary will receive as much as they legally are able to. Hear more on Conti's Law, Sunday morning at 8.30, here on The Answer. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Got delays all over the place, starting with a look at the Parkway West. It's heavy outbound, Banksville Road to Carnegie. Parkway East, a very slow ride outbound, Forbes Avenue to Edgewood, Swiss Vale. Inbound, just a bit slow, 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Delays outbound 65 from 19 up to the McKees Rocks Bridge. And we have an oversized load moving along William Penn Highway eastbound between Hunt Club Court and Cloverleaf Drive. I'm Jenny Robinson on AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. 
Mainly clear tonight, warm and humid, low 71. A mix of sun and clouds tomorrow, breezy, very warm and humid, 86. There'll be a shower or a heavy thunderstorm around late tomorrow and into tomorrow evening. Any storm can be locally severe, producing damaging winds. will cool down later tomorrow night to 58. Cooler and less humid Saturday with some sun, high 68. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. I'm old and I make no apologies, and uh, when you've been around a while, you might not be too quick to, you know, get up to speed on the uh, latest fashion. Two of the fads that I'm kind of glad I missed out on are tattoos and man buns. Uh, Tattoos, especially on women, I don't get, but I I might be able to be talked into one of those. But there's not a one in a million chance that I'm going to be talked into a man bun, ever. And for an old guy, I actually have a lot of hair, and uh, it wouldn't be really wouldn't take that long for me to get one, have enough hair for one. Caroline Diagotti is a, a writer, and she has a piece at The Federalist, the headline of which is, How the Man Bun is Destroying Our Civilization. <laughs> so I really appreciate you being here, Caroline. Thanks. So great to be with you, John. Thanks for having me. Now, as you uh, can tell, why, well, the way I introduced you there, I tend to agree with you, but you know, did you have like a bad experience or multiple bad experiences with men with man buns? No, I can't say I've any had any personal experiences, but I live uh, right in D.C. and it is it's men bun central. Uh-oh. It's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so it's gotten like you know, it used to be tattoos used to be a way to show you were a nonconformist, and now uh, if you don't have a tattoo, you look like you're really into something. So it's the same <laughs> kind of thing with man buns now. I don't know. I think it's just this weird little habit that otherwise very well-behaved and normal millennial men have gotten into. So, you know, you see them walking down the street here in D.C. and it's not like they have, you know, piercings or tattoos or, you know, work at yeah. a, a vinyl record shop. They're, they're consultants and lawyers, but wow. they just wear man buns. Yeah. So are you allowed to drink anything other than lattes when you're walking down the street there and you have a man bun? <laughs> No, it's not allowed. It's not legal by law. So you couldn't be like, you couldn't have a, a can of beer in a brown paper bag or something. That wouldn't work with a man bun. I don't think it would fit quite as well. Maybe some herbal tea. <laughs> so you address men with uh, with uh, hair, uh, man buns. This is your, your man bun is breaking our societal conventions. And um, even after reading, uh, your first grade self would even af- even after, and and even your first grade self would have known that. So your man bun is breaking our societal conventions, and even your first grade self would have known that. What do you mean there, Caroline? Well, I think it's become it's become very popular in our culture to to rebel against you know anything that sounds like traditional manhood or womanhood. Um, and so, you know, the man bun is just one way to show that you're not enslaved by gender conventions. Oh. Um, but meanwhile, you know, if you ask any five-year-old boy if he wants to wear a princess hat, the answer is no. Right. Um, so I think it's something that, you know, boys knew, and somewhere along the way they've forgotten. Well, you know, uh, for you to take the time to write this piece, which is really good, uh, at the Federalist, um, you had. It seems to me that it would be something that you've been thinking about for a while. This is not something that you wake up and say, "You know what? I'm going to tear. I'm going to just tear into man buns today." Uh, I, it just doesn't seem like the kind of thing. You know, you know what I mean? Like you, you were thinking about this for a while. This has been working on you, hasn't it? <laughs> so, so the, I have to say, the man bun itself is not the. It's not the origin of my frustration. I think the man bun, you know, jokingly is just sort of a larger picture of that that rebellion against gender um you know i think that there are there are good reasons for men and women for to be different and ways to be a mature adult man Mm -hmm. well in general our generation doesn't really know how to do that okay and you say our generation should i uh, take from that that you're a millennial you're one of them. I am. I okay. am a millennial, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Okay, and I'm. I don't. I don't hold that against you either. Um, but, <laughs> Thank you. but, but uh, what's funny about that is I'm from, I'm from the generation that had to um, put up with old people, especially older men, uh, 
calling us sissies because we had long hair. And, uh, you know, from the 60s and 70s, take a look at some of the pictures there. But um, and and I, I'm and there's no doubt that the guys looked like girls then. You know what I mean? I mean, their hair did. So I don't know. What, what do you think when you see a picture of uh, of, you know, Aerosmith? And <laughs> yeah, my I've seen some pretty awesome pictures of my dad with long flowing 70s yeah. hair. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it depends on what comes with it, right? It's not mm-hmm. about it's not about the long hair. It's about are you growing up and adapting into society and, you know, um, following the things that people expect from you, stepping up to the plate. Mm-hmm. And I think you, know, you would know better than I whether or not that was happening in the 70s the way it was supposed to. But um, well, everybody was I, smoking weed back then. Well, there's that. Yeah. yeah they're still doing that now, but sure. it's, it's supposed to be cool and not counterculture now. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we're talking to Caroline Diagatis. I am pronouncing your name correctly, I hope. That works. Yeah, okay, that works. Yeah, I, I, my name gets... A lot of different pronunciations, too. Yeah, um, I'm sure. <laughs> so the thing with tattoos, um, and this is kind of, the, 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 tat, the tattoo seems to be, uh, it's a millennial thing, but it's it's not, uh, obviously it's not just the millennials. It's It seems to be spreading everywhere. I see old women, I mean old women I've seen with mm. tattoos. I have yet to see, see this is, you, you have a thing with man buns. I have a thing with, I have yet to see a woman who I think has made herself more attractive with a tattoo than she was without it. Hmm. Now, do you, is that do you have that same feeling? Um, I think it depends. Like anything else, you can go overboard. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't have any tattoos; they're not my thing. Um, but you know, I have plenty of friends who have them and who are are lovely and are otherwise, you know, they're not yeah. any crazy rebels. Um, but there are a lot of generation and who are older who, who really like the tattoos. It's their thing. So yeah. who knows? And your friends, they do know they're permanent, right? I mean, like it's not, <laughs> you know, those, those pictures you've seen of your dad that are pretty funny because of the way he's wearing his hair. He, imagine, just, right, just, just imagine for a minute, Caroline, that he still looked the same. How, you know, how old is he? He is 64. Okay, so just imagine if he was still, still had the same hair he had when he was in college and is wearing the same, because that's what the people with the tattoos are going to be doing in 2037. Uh, you, you know Fair what I mean? Point. Or twenty forty seven. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, I don't know if they're, I don't know if the millennials have got, uh, uh, you know, caught on to the fact that they're, they're permanent. And when you, see, if you're old, you already know that when you look, everybody who looks back at pictures of themselves, they laugh and say, oh, my God, look at my hair. Or look what I was wearing. And everybody laughs. But when they make that statement, they're not still wearing the stuff, you know, that they see in yeah. the picture from 30 years ago. That's going to happen in 30 years. I'll be dead. And I don't care. But I'm just saying that's going to happen. Um, but after you're reading, uh, reading your piece, I started thinking that a certain amount of pretentiousness, if that's the word, uh, mm. is required for a guy to go to the trouble of doing the bun. And and here's mm. what I've come up with. See, you you made me think. Okay. I think it might be the 21st century equivalent of smoking a pipe. Do you know anybody? I mean, not smoking a pipe oh. with marijuana, but, you know, smoking yeah. a pipe. Like uh, like Hugh Hefner used to smoke a pipe, and it was unbelievably yeah. pretentious. Yes. And, that's tr- there, were, there were 20-year-old boys who used to walk around my college campus smoking pipes. And, I think you're onto something there. Yeah, so the, I, I guarantee you, if they, if if they, if there was not the stigma that goes with smoking now, if if you had a um, a man bun, you would also be a pipe would go perfectly with it. Maybe, maybe I find though that that's actually rebellious. Only what the, the pipe is? No, tobacco. Oh, Only oh. the libertarians smoke in my generation because that's actual rebellion. The man bun is just pretend rebellion. Ah, okay. So smoking, uh, smoking a cigarette uh, is rebellion among y- you millennials. Because- yeah, it, I think if in most crowds, if you're just a professional thirty something mm-hmm. and somebody sees you smoking, they're probably going to give you flack for it. Uh-huh. If you have a man bun, I don't think. <laughs> going to say anything to you yeah well i mean i've seen some guys who could beat the hell out of me pretty quick that have uh, hair uh, man buns i'm not saying anything to them so i mean that's (laughs) 
you know, I'm just not doing that. But uh, this is you also tell uh, man bunners that their bun is proof that they've never seen the documentary The Last Patrol. You're going to have to explain that one for me. <laughs> have you ever seen The Last Patrol? No, I haven't, but I don't have a man bun. <laughs> well, so um, so a, um, a war documentarian named Sebastian Younger, he, um, he has made a couple movies about his experiences as a war journalist, um, uh, Korengal, Restrepo, and the, the last movie he did is uh, called The Last Patrol, and it's about him and some of his uh, war journalist friends, uh, veteran friends, hiking up and down the, the Amtrak tracks um, from, I think, from New York uh, or from D.C. up to, to New York. Um, and one of the things they talk a lot about is, you know, yeah, w- what does it mean to be a man, especially ah. if, you, if you aren't in combat or, um, you know, it's sort of, we don't really have very clear expectations of what men are supposed to do these days. And in that way, I feel bad for the man butters. It's not very clear what the world expects of them. No, and uh, but you know, you you opened a whole can of worms there. We could do an hour on about what you're supposed to be if you're a man, and what and what you're allowed to say that you think you're supposed to be as a man, and what you're mm. that that's a whole that's another column for you. Um, Amen. Uh, so I've been trying to figure out what a man bun says about a guy. Uh, selfishness and immaturity didn't occur to me, but that's uh, you make a pretty good case for it in your in your piece. <laughs> I'm glad you're convinced. Yeah. Now, uh, is it a sign of a man-child? You think? I don't. I don't want to be chucking any bombs. There might be some like wonderful Marine infantry vets listening who have man buns. I'm sure there That's are. Okay. Yeah. I'm not talking to them, but I think it can be. It can be. Uh huh. Now, here's my favorite line from your column. A couple sentences here. <laughs> Historically. Part of being a man is letting yourself be socialized by a woman. Boy, is that true. And that's why we resent your man bun. When you say we, I assume you're speaking of women everywhere. Or, or I you... think so. Okay. I think so. Most of the women I talk to. Okay. Historically, part of being a man is letting yourself be socialized by a woman. And that's why we resent your man bun. So we assume that it comes as a package deal with too many video games, a dirty bathroom, and a live-in girlfriend you refuse to marry. That's a lot to overcome. And, uh, you know, you see a guy coming down the street with a man bun carrying a latte, and you, you've, you have all that figured out right there in that couple sentences. That's Well, I'm psychic. What can I tell yeah, you, John? Yeah. But... <laughs> What does that describe? I mean, that's that's a uh, uh, I can I get the too many video games. Uh, there probably aren't too many millennials walking around who haven't played too many video games. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the other stuff. And again, you know, the the poor guys with the man buns, they're taking all the flack for for immaturity of, of men in my generation. But, um, you know, there are plenty of men who are walking down the street without those man buns who are in the same situation. But I think it's just sort of a joking, a joking commentary that it's not really, it's not really expected of men. Um, I think men have become accustomed in my generation to getting what they want from women and not really being required much to do it. So, you know, traditionally being able to provide for a family um, that you would, you know, marry a woman, um, that that would be the only way to have a relationship with her. Um, whereas today, I think men in my generation are able to have friendship, have physical relationships, have children, um, all from women without really getting anything in return. Um, and so, again, it's a joke and a knock at the poor man bun, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely, it's hard to believe that that's a man walking down the street who's got, like, a mortgage and a wife of 10 years and three little kids. Yeah. I don't think she would allow the man bun. I hear you. Um, and I don't, I don't want you to feel guilty about anything you wrote here. Um, I don't think you do, but you, you say in your piece, you, you, you may argue that I sound like a bitter single woman who's going to die alone in an apartment full of cats. But I'm not the only one. There's a generation of kind, smart, attractive women who are going to die childless, buried in cat litter, all because you didn't want to cut your frigging hair and join us in adulthood. That's some pretty strong stuff there. I'm, I'm glad you liked that line. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, now, uh, what what do you expect to hear from? Uh, I'm sure you have uh, male friends. I only have a minute left, but I'm sure you have male friends, uh, and maybe you might have no actually know some with man buns. What will what's their going to reaction going to be to this? Um, I'm not sure. I think a lot of the men that I know, uh, most of my male friends are married, and they have stepped up to the plate and are living these mature adult lives. And so I think a lot of the men that I know who are my age, um, who are married, they, they see similar patterns that, you know, smart, educated, successful women are um, staying single. They're not marrying or they're marrying at 40 um, because, you know, men, men just kind of, they're not standing with us in adulthood. They're not there. Well, uh, Caroline Diagotti, uh, you're also a park ranger. I didn't even get to talk about that. I would have liked to. <laughs> I used to be. Yeah, yeah, I know, but you were always you were a park ranger. I like that, and I hope uh, I hope we have you on again because uh, if you write columns like this, I'll be bothering you a lot. And, I, and so uh, I, I really <laughs> that like would it. Be I, my pleasure. I agree with everything you said. I think. Thank you. All right. Good Thanks, job. Caroline. See ya. <laughs> it was wonderful talking to you. Good talking to you. Bye. All right, Bye-bye. that's Caroline Diagotis. Uh, she wrote about man buns, which I don't get, but, you know, I'm old. What do I know? And we'll be right back. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind, expensive. There are lots of changes happening in health care today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every health care provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at marleyfg.com. Don't pay double for your next home improvement project. Many companies are simply asking too much for windows, siding, and doors. You need at least three estimates. Just make sure Windows R Us is one of them. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofing, siding, doors, gutters, even shutters and downspouts. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward menu-style pricing, and the absolute fastest turnaround in the business. Windows R Us offers multiple financing options and will match any competitor's price. No hidden costs or final invoice surprises ever. And they're no loophole, full lifetime warranty covers everything, including labor and glass breakage at no additional charge. Mention AM1250 and get an exclusive 10% discount for listeners of this station only. Why pay double? Before you buy, visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. They're more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company. windowsruspittsburgh.com. You know the moment. The homework and dishes are done. Your family responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah, That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-comforting orthopedic made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Great beds, no bull. That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now, I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. If you or anyone you love has been diagnosed with lung cancer, asbestosis, or mesothelioma, your diagnosis may be the result of job-related exposure to asbestos, and you may be entitled to compensation. Over $30 billion in trusts have been set aside for individuals who have been affected by asbestos exposure. How do you protect your rights and get the compensation you deserve? Call Capital Legal Group now at 800-400-LUNG. Capital Legal Group is one of the nation's resources for settlement of lung cancer and mesothelioma cases. Law firms have success 
successfully recovered over $2.7 billion for their clients in all 50 states, and claims have been paid in as little as 60 days. If you or a family member were diagnosed with lung cancer, asbestosis, or mesothelioma, call Capital Legal Group now at 800-400-LUNG. We'll open a no-cost case review on your behalf. A history of tobacco use or cigarette smoking will not disqualify your case. Visit 800-400-LUNG.com or call 800-400-LUNG. Call 800-400-5864 now. That's 800-400-LUNG. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Only got a little bit of time left here. I wanted to get to this. Um, we have an election coming up in uh, less oh, less than two months. And uh, one of the factors could be young people. And I would think that most of them are going to vote for the Democrats. At least that's what they're hoping. And they may have a little bit of problem with the kids on the college campus because they, they want to go uh, vote. But... Um, there's a little bit of a problem. You know, they get all excited and they get the ballot and they're having an issue with getting their ballots in. Uh, these these kids on college campuses, they're, they're having a problem uh, not dealing with registration. They get the ballot, they get it all filled out, and they're ready to send it in as, a, as an absentee ballot. They don't know how to find a stamp. Nope. Um... And this, they, they went down the college campus and found that out uh, at the uh, Fairfax County, Virginia Office of Public Affairs, found out this summer that the United States Post Office seems to be, quote, a foreign concept to college students. Uh, Lisa Connors at the office said students will go through the whole process of obtaining and filing, uh, filling out an absentee ballot, but then are flummoxed at what to do with it. It seems to be a hump they can't get across, she said. What we're talking about here is finding a stamp. Uh, so I'm just wondering. It's just a. It's just a, it occurred to me when I saw this story. Should we really be having people voting for anything if they don't know where to find a stamp? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, just, I know, I know. Nobody uses the mail anymore, I guess. But I don't know a stamp. See you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.